Good morning, and welcome to worship at Pleasant Street Christian Forum Church. My name is Matthew, and it's good to see all of you today. Uh, welcome to those of you who we can't see as well are joining us online. Glad uh, that all of us could be together, whether we're in person or online. Uh, if you are visiting with us, welcome to you in, uh, in particular. My name is Matthew. I'm the senior pastor here on behalf of all of us. So glad that you could be with us today when we worship. When we worship, we do so uh, using words on the screen and a printed liturgy as well. So things that we're going to say and sing together will be available for you to see uh, if you'd like to follow along. As we get started this morning, um, speaking of visitors, I have one visitor that I'd like to highlight for all of you. Uh, Reverend Bruce Dykstra uh, is going to be preaching for us this morning. So welcome, Bruce. Where are you? I saw you. Oh, he's out there. Welcome, Bruce. I, I suppose he'll be in here eventually. <laughs> yeah, and welcome to his family as well. Glad that, that you could be with us uh, as we get started this morning. Uh, one of the things that I want to highlight for you is, as we're getting started, uh, coming up, the very last Sunday in August, August 29th, we're going to be um, reinitiating a practice that we were doing pre-COVID, if all of us can even remember what the world was like back then, right? But one of the things that we were trying as a church for a little while was something that we were calling Family Sundays, which was an opportunity for us to practice our worship life as a whole congregation together. And so we're going to be um, bringing that practice back in on August 29th. We'll have more details about that for you in upcoming, in upcoming Sundays. We just want to let you know that that was coming. We're, we're looking forward to restarting that together. Um, the other thing is that all summer we've been looking at the Psalms together as a congregation, if you haven't been here. And now for the rest of August, we're going to be churning our attention for a couple of Sundays to, to uh, another kind of prayer, a prayer that Jesus gave us, the Lord's Prayer. And we're doing that because the Psalms gave us the, the whole breadth, right, of our, of our emotional life and our experience with God. And we know that Jesus spent his life praying those Psalms. And then, and then when he comes and his disciples are talking to him, they ask him, teach us how to pray. And so he gives them the Lord's Prayer, right, which maybe some of us learned as a child. For others of us, maybe it's been a long time and has something to do with thy kingdom come or, or something like that. So whether it's familiar or not, the beautiful thing about this, this prayer is that a child can learn it, and no matter how many years of your life you spend thinking about it and studying it, you will never reach the bottom. It, it is simply that expansive. And so we're, we're going to spend the next three Sundays turning our attention to, to this prayer that spans the world and also helps us to understand not just what we can say to God, but articulates for us a very specific kind of way that we can relate to God. Uh, and so Bruce is going to lead us off with that this morning. But first, let's, let's rise in body and spirit. Let's worship together. Your call to worship is printed in your liturgy, and it's also on the screen. Friends, congregation of the Lord Jesus Christ, in whom do you trust? Why do you look to heaven? Why do you look ahead to the future? What do we do now? How do we wait? How do we pray? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We join with Christians around the world as we say, may your kingdom come. Help us to work for the coming of your kingdom as we work for renewal, justice, and peace. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us the courage to do what you ask of us. Hallowed be your name on earth as it is in heaven. Let's make God's name great together by singing. Lift up your voice and lift 
rushing wind so wild and strong white clouds are sailing heaven along alleluia alleluia new rising dawn in praise rejoice you lights of evening find a tremble. He sits enthroned between the cherubim. Let the earth shake. Great is the Lord in Zion. He is exalted over all the nations. Let them praise your great and awesome name. He is holy.
Sometimes it's almost a little intimidating to sing a song like that. Holy, holy, holy. Lord, you are my everything, and I will adore you. Maybe our hearts long for that, but how often do we actually live like that? And so we come to a time in our service where we get to confess before our Lord how we have fallen short. So I ask you to join me in this prayer of confession. Often, O holy and righteous God, we dare your justice, mock your mercy, jeer your patience, slight your power, and show contempt for your love. We even say, I'm sorry, and confess our sin flippantly. We plead your help to own up carefully to how we have wronged you to admit honestly how we have grieved you, to plead penitently for your mercy and pardon. We beg your forgiveness through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Would you take a moment, quiet of your own heart, come before God in a time of confession.
hear these words of assurance. God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and has brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Friends, would you rise? Because our God is holy, because we hallow his name, I get to say to you, the peace of Christ be with you. Do you take a moment and pass that peace to those around you? As we find our seats again, normally this is a time when our kids would come forward, but I'm going to ask you to stay where you are for just a second, um, because before you go, we're actually going to sing one more song. Um, As Pastor Matthew mentioned earlier, uh, at the end of this month, we get to celebrate Family Sunday, and so we're going to learn a song, some of us. Some of us, this is a song we know so well, we're not going to need to look at the words. But as we talk about the Lord's Prayer over the next few weeks, God has instructed us to pray faithfully. And in Luke 10, it talks about how if we come and we ask and we seek and we knock, God will answer us. Last year, a couple years ago, people in this congregation were challenged to consider saying the Lord's Prayer every day and see how it would change your life. Because if we are committed to saying that prayer God's going to rock us in some way. I don't know how many of you took up that challenge. I did. And it was a huge blessing to me. So, again, we're going to sing one more song. So I invite you to rise again, actually. And invite you to think about these words. And little ones, if, if you don't know these words just yet, our prayer is that by the end of the month, you would know them very, very well. come forward to be blessed as we head down to Kid Street. People of God, what is our prayer? Lord, continue to show us your wonderful, never stopping, never giving up, unbreaking, always and forever love. Go in peace to love and serve Jesus. Good morning. 
I'm Emily Fortna. I'm one of the elders here at Pleasant Street, and it's my privilege this morning to lead us in our morning prayers. So let's pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, reveal to us who you are. Help us to praise you through mountain vistas and the intricacies of flowers, from the stories of your continued faithfulness in the Bible. Dear God, you are omnipotent, loving, and amazing God. Hallowed be thy name. We acknowledge that things are not the way they are supposed to be. We mourn the sin and sickness in the world. We want to lift up those in our congregation who are struggling with health issues or loneliness. Be especially with Rick, who had surgery on his foot this past week, and Jen, who is scheduled for another hip replacement later this week. Today, we pray for our brothers and sisters in Haiti as well, after another devastating earthquake. We ask that you comfort those who have lost loved ones and provide shelter and sustenance for those who lost homes and businesses. Dear God, may your kingdom come. We also ask for wisdom for our church leaders, for our school leaders as a new academic year begins, and for us as we make decisions in our, lo- our own lives. May your will be done. Thank you for all the blessings that you have given us, the ability to buy food and houses and health care. Help us to acknowledge that this is not our own money, but a gift from you. Help us to share with others who don't have as much. We humbly ask for repentance for all the times this week we have let you down. We thank you for your continued forgiveness and ask for help forgiving those who have wronged us. Keep us safe from ourselves and from the devil. For the kingdom and the power and the glory are yours forever. Amen. Today's reading comes from the book of Matthew, one of my favorite books to be quite honest with you. Chapter six, starting at verse five, and so it goes. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for the father knows what you need before you ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Brothers, sisters, this is the word of the Lord. Good morning. Just so you know, my name is Bruce Dykstra. July 1995, first day I came to Whitesville. I was met by Doug Knightham. I think Doug's here. Doug quickly grabbed my family, which was Mary, myself, Andrew, and Jesse. Andrew and Jesse were probably shorter than my hip, which now they're above my head. It was great to, to be here, but he quickly whisked us over to this place called the Hay Wagon. And we had this beautiful wedding, or sorry, wedding, beautiful menu, beautiful meal. That's how we were welcomed to Whitensville. That was 26 years ago. In 1996, we celebrated 100 years of Pleasant Street. And now we're doing 125. I've been here a long time. For 10 years, I've had the opportunity to be here in the midst, watching some of you grow, some of you change, some of the things happen. You watched my family grow, not only from two kids to four kids. You watched them all surpass, other than Adelaide, me in height. You've watched me grow a little bit of gray hairs. Add a few pounds, just two, just two. But it's a great opportunity for me to come and to spend time with you to do what I've enjoyed over the last 25 years, 26 years, is just spending time studying the word and have an opportunity to speak that in to a community and allow that community to continually speak to each other and back into my life. And I want to encourage you, as we go through this morning, either a mental note or even a physical note, 
That through this week, that you're doing some opportunities. You're saying, okay, I don't know if he got that right. I need to check that out. And in doing that, what happens is then you're going to go deeper and deeper into the Word. And I want to encourage you to do that this week. As we start looking at the Lord's Prayer. I feel blessed for the opportunity to, to spend time with you to talk about the Lord's Prayer. Which is a beautiful way in which Jesus gave us gift. I want you to see this prayer as gift to you. It enables us to start thinking how Jesus would think. How him and his heavenly father interacted and calls us into as well. So we want to look at that this morning. We'll just start with just a couple phrases. Matt will continue throughout this uh, coming season as he unfolds the Lord's Prayer. But before we do that, let me just open with a word of prayer that God would just take this word not only from me and into my heart, but now into yours through his spirit. Let's do that. Father God, I just thank you for who you are. That you're a God that loves us dearly. You do not stay in the sky. You do not stay in the heavens. You come and you are with us. Not only this morning in worship, but as we wake up on Monday morning, as we move into work, and even as we interact with people in our family. Lord, you're present. And we thank you for that. And so in this morning, we pray for your spirit to take words, to take ideas, to take things that have have been remembered from the gospel writer of Matthew, that you would layer that into our life, that you would begin to inspire, call us to the deeper things of you, and that the world that so dearly needs heaven here on earth, that we would be part of that. I pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen, amen. Before we get into the, to the actual Lord's Prayer, I want to give you some context what Matthew is doing in the middle of the, of the Sermon on the Mount, which is Matthew's collection of Jesus' teachings. In the middle of that, Jesus stops and he says, let's talk about prayer. Prayer was so significant to Jesus that he needed to, in the context of this incredible teaching... He needed prayer to be the focus. If you would take even the words, uh, as often people do, it seems like the words of the Lord's prayer are central to the Sermon of the Mount. It's right in the center. And in the way that the Hebrews think, what's at the center is at the center is focal and important. So he puts the Lord's prayer right there in the middle. And even that is significant. But then he has this little kind of riff into what's happening in culture around prayer. He says, look, I don't want you to grandstand. That's not what I want you to do. I actually want you to stop thinking this grandstand, and I want you to start thinking about private. I want you to start thinking about secret. I want to start thinking about prayer as between you and your father. That intimate relationship that prayer can have is in between God and humanity. Start thinking about this. Start thinking about it that way. See, in the time of Jesus, prayer had this interesting kind of community, public nature to it. It seemed whatever they did, whenever prayer came, it was public. Passover meal. It was a public moment in community and family. Stand up and pray. Evening and morning sacrifices. It was this moment for public prayer. The Psalms that you've been um, studying over the last couple, they were public prayers sung in the temple. It gave opportunity for community to do it. And you know, that was the go-to. It became so common, so rote, that they stopped praying privately. It was like you coming to Pleasant Street here, and, and whether it was Pastor Matt or Pastor Annika would, would pray, or actually Emily prayed this morning. You say, oh, we prayed, I'm done for the week. That's how I pray. Emily just prayed for us. That's what was happening. Jesus spoke into that. He said, no, 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 no. Stop. Let's get back to that secretive, relational prayer time. It's interesting, ironically a little, 
We know this prayer as what? Anybody? What do we call this prayer? The Lord's Prayer. Is it the Lord's Prayer? Or is it disciples' prayer? Because Jesus isn't praying it. He calls us to. It's our, his gift to us to be praying. So, and again, I'm not going to ask history to change it to discipleship prayer or disciple prayer or follower of Jesus prayer. But when you hear Lord's Prayer, think the Lord's gift of prayer for us. He's teaching us and giving us this gift. What's so fun about this is that in before, after he talks about grandstanding, he says, I want you to know that your heavenly Father knows you. Knows what you're even going to ask. Now that's intimate. I've had many moments with all four of my kids. They've come up to me and they said, Dad, I've got to talk to you. And I'm going, oh, I wonder what this could be. Why? Because I don't know every moment of their life. But when we settle down into prayer, the father goes, oh, there's Bruce. We're going to talk. And I hope he listens this time. Because I know him. I created him. I made him. You've taught in the Psalms just a while ago. Intimately known. I was knitted together. So my father knows me. So we're going to start thinking about the Lord's Prayer as the, the Lord's gift of prayer to his disciples. So as we start looking at the prayer, here's the first section of the prayer. And it's the, the first idea or first gift. It says this. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I'm just going to put a little aside in here for you. Put it in my notes. I didn't know if I was going to, but I feel like I should, and I'm going to. When I first learned the Lord's Prayer, it was King James. Anybody remember that? Okay. Thou. And I thought... As I heard that, and as I heard my dad say it during prayer at the dinner table, I thought that was the way I had to pray. I had to be poetic. I had to have all the words right. There was a cadence to my prayer that had to happen. Thy, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Hallowed be. What in the world is that name? Hallow. What is that? I thought that was the way I had to pray. And I was very intimidated. I'm like, I can't do that. I have a hard enough time with English, let alone Latin. Let alone King James. And it wasn't until I spent time in a little church in New Glasgow. A pastor came along and he says, no, no, Bruce, come. Let's talk about what prayer is. Not only taught me, but he began to model it for me. And I recognize that, you know, it's not about my words, per se. It's about where my heart is. It's about coming before the Lord and saying, Lord, I'm here. I, I may be messy, I may be broken, but I'm here. I, I, I need you, but I want your presence. I know you care for me, and I need that care. So as you enter into your prayer, don't be looking for the words to be fancy and, and poetic. Allow it to come from here. Just let it come out of your heart and say, Lord, here I am. I am who I am. Reshape me so I'm more like you, the true I am. So the first gift. The first gift is this phrase, our Father in heaven. That was radical for Jesus to say. To think of the divine, to think of the divinity, to think of, of the gods as father was just no way to be concerned. Actually, in the time of Jesus, the idea of the divine was someone that you had to please. It was a love-hate relationship. You knew that the gods needed to bring the rain, but you knew that you also had to please them. You had to give sacrifices and all this stuff. 
And no way did you ever begin to think of him as God or Father. You thought him as sun, as wind, as rain. There was nothing personal about it. And Jesus is saying, our Father in heaven. This is our Father. Father. All that relationship that's good inside a relationship with a father. Plus more. Plus one that knows you, cares for you, loves you deeply. That's the gift. He says, enter into this prayer time with your father. Your heavenly father. Now our response to this, our response is, hallow be your name. Hallow is, like I said, a funny word. It means to sanctify, to set apart, make holy. And we do that by just declaring who God is, that he is good. Savior, redeemer. We lift up his name as who we have experienced him as. His provider, lover of my soul, redeemer. Comforter. Ever present. Why do we call him ever present? Because we've experienced him as ever present. How do we know him? How can we declare him as a provider? Because he has provided. And because we can call, we can enter into this prayer with our Father, we can declare holiness and honor to God by remembering who he is in our life. But not only that way, because hallow has this dual meaning. It's not only set apart or make holy, but there's this active, dedicated, service component to hallow. That I'm dedicated in holiness to you. I'm dedicated in honoring you. I'm dedicated to serve you. So when I hallow his name, I not only say that you are worthy, but I want to live a life that's worthy of the name. Because he's our father. He cares for us dearly, loves us. The second gift in this first section of the Lord's Prayer kind of comes in a different kind of way because it's the second part of that first um, section. And the second gift is, is an experience of or the opportunity to be heaven on earth. I want to give you the Greek literal uh, translation of this second part. This is what it says. Come the kingdom of you. Be done the will of you. As in heaven, also on earth. And so the gift there is that When we are running after God's kingdom, seeking his kingdom, doing his will, that we begin to experience heaven here on earth. We get to experience heavenly in the earthly. And that's the gift, that we begin to pray that that heavenly breaks into our life. The idea of heaven on earth has a long biblical story. During Jesus' time, the tradition of prayer centered around the Kaddish prayer or the hymn of praise. I'm going to read it to you. It gets a little bit long, but notice how closely it is to the Lord's prayer. And Jesus is picking up on this. May the great name of God be exalted and sanctified throughout the world, which he has created according to his will. May his kinship be established in your lifetime and in your days and in the lifetime of the entire household of Israel, swiftly and in the near future, and say amen. May his great name be blessed forever and ever, blessed Praised, glorified, exalted, extolled, honored, elevated, and lulled be the name of the Holy One. Blessed is He above and beyond any blessing and hymns, praise and consultations which are uttered in the world and say amen. And then hear this. May there be abundant peace 
from heaven and life upon us and upon all Israel and say amen. He who makes peace in the high holy places, may he bring peace upon us, upon all Israel and say amen. That last part. Where bring that heavenly peace. Bring it here on earth. We need it. We need to experience that. And may we experience it because we know it's from you and you alone. That's the peace we need. We need that heavenly peace. We need it here. Now, let me just give you a part of the story that how this kind of begins to work out in the community. And I'm going to just jump to the Gospel of Mark. And there's a word in the Gospel of Mark. It's the word tor. And it's only used twice. Matter of fact, it's only used twice, uh, two different contexts in all of the Gospels. The first place is in Mark chapter 9, or sorry, Mark chapter 1, 9 through 11. It's at the very beginning. Listen to what it says. In those days, Jesus came from Nazareth of Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. And when he came out of the water, remember that moment? Mark starts the story with this. Because it's this dramatic moment. Out of the water, immediately, Jesus saw the heavens being torn open and the, and the Spirit descending on him like a dove. And a voice came from heaven. You are my beloved Son with whom I am well pleased. The way that people envisioned the world is that heaven was beyond this, this globe or this, this ceiling above them. That there was this, this kind of dome above the earth or surrounding the earth. And all the stars were in this dome. And the heavenly, the address, if you would, of God was just beyond that dome. And what Mark is picking up on is that God, from his heavenly place, ripped open that, that dome and came into the earthly. It's that picture of heaven coming in to earth. And who's embodied that? Jesus does. Jesus embodies this heavenly coming down into earth. And look how it ends. This is Mark chapter 15. I'll get to the point in a minute. And Jesus uttered a loud cry and breathed his last. This is on the crucifixion. So he's up on the cross, last breath. And the curtain of the temple was torn, same word, in two from top to bottom. And when the centurion, who stood facing him, saw that this was the way he breathed his last, he said, truly, this man is the son of God. So we have these two torn moments, one at the beginning of the gospel and one at the beginning. We have this acknowledgement that this is my son who I'm well pleased. And this is acknowledgement that this man must have been the son of God. And in between these two torn moments is the heavenly coming into earth and making a difference for Jesus Christ. He redeems, he restores what was wrong he makes right. He enables us as sinners to walk into the, where, what was torn? The holy of holies. What is the holy of holies? where God lives. It's his second address, if you will. What Jesus has done, he has torn the heavenly open so that we can experience heavenly here on earth. We get to dwell in the midst of God because God has torn it all open through Jesus Christ, through Jesus Christ and him alone. This beautiful moment. So when Jesus says, here's how I want you to pray. Pray that heaven would be here on earth. That's what we're praying for. We're praying that we get to experience God breaking into this world and saying, I'm here, I'm present, I always was, and here I am. And not only that, in our dedication and service, we not only look up, but we look out. He said, now, how can I help somebody experience heaven here on earth? So as you learn about the prayer that the Lord has given us, called the Lord's Prayer, actually, the Lord's gift of prayer to his disciples, remember that God is holy. And we get to call him Father. It's a gift to call him Father. We respond by hallowing his name, by giving him all glory. And the second gift is that he begins to show us that heaven here on earth is a possibility through Jesus Christ and him alone. 
And we get to pray into that. And our response is that we seek his kingdom. Where in my life does his kingdom need to reign? Where does he need to reign in my life more so that his kingdom is the kingdom that I live in? Is it my finances? Is it my relationships? Is it the way that I conduct myself? Let God reign more and more in my life. And that is will. The best way we understand God's will is we just look at the Ten Commandments. Do I honor my parents? Am I only having one God and one God alone? Do I steal? Do I lie? Do I covet what somebody else has? And I begin to use that as this magnifying thing. Okay, God, I want my will to be what you're running after. And so I begin to kind of look at that and say, okay, God, in my life, here's where I need to kind of get closer to you. I need to seek you deeper. I need to go after you want. So that I begin to experience heaven here on earth. So let me just finish with a story where this became really, really close to me. Andrew, Jesse, and I were heading to a basketball game. It was a rainy night, dark. The game was against a big rival. It was Nip Monk against WCS. Andrew and Jesse idolized the basketball players. Dad, we gotta go, we gotta go. We gotta see it, this is the biggest game in the world. I said, okay, but it's raining out. And we gotta take the sable. Now we have a sarcastic nickname for our sable that we used to have. Sarcastically, we called it the able sable. What would happen to this able sable is that whenever it rained, it would stall. And it would take hours before it would start. It just needed to dry out. Apparently, water got up into the engine. I don't know what happened, but it would just stop. I knew this, but see, Nipmonk isn't that far away. I could just zip over there quick, get the boys over at the game. They could see rah, 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 and all that kind of stuff. And so we went. And it stalled on Quaker Street. Now, remember, it's dark. It's raining. Raining hard. And when it stalled, we were on the side of the road, and it was dangerous. It just, like, I couldn't get, I couldn't, I could just barely get my tires off. We were kind of on a bend, and I was really, I was desperate. A little intimidated, because I knew that, oh, man, it's not going to start for a couple hours. What am I going to do? So I said, hey, guys, you know, you know, Dad's just going to pray. See what happens. So I prayed. Car started. I was pumped. I, I just want you to know, I was just pumped. Put the car in drive. 500 feet down the road, stalled again. But here's the deal. Okay, you know where, uh, I think it's Allen Road there. There's a little kind of turn off there. I was able to get the whole car off the road. I'm like, oh. And I told the boys, I'm, I'm thankful we got the car off the road. We're safe. Okay, now we'll just wait it out. But then Jesse, bless his little soul, head pops out from the back. All his blonde hair all over the place. Let's pray again! Oh. I almost went into pastor mode. You know, son, not all prayers will happen. I was intimidated. It's going to happen. Able Sable is not so able. So I took a moment and I prayed. Car started. We got to the game, and you should have saw my boys. We car started, we're here. And I'm just sitting there going, God, thank you. You're not only present in terms of getting that car to the game, getting my boys to the game, but you were present because every now and then, talking to Andrew or Jesse, he said, oh yeah, be able to say it becomes this moment for us to go to remember and say, you know, here was a moment to experience heaven on earth. It's just that moment that we need so dearly. But here's the deal. We all have those moments. You've had those moments. We need to celebrate those moments. Remind ourselves over and over again, Experienced heaven there. 
earthly ickiness and mustiness and messiness. God was there, was present. I want to celebrate that. When we pray to our Heavenly Father, honor His name. And pray for heavenly moments that we can live through and pass on to others. Because here's the thing. We get an opportunity to be heavenly moments for others. And when we pray this and we yearn for this, we get opportunity to be this. This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for your word. I thank you for for Jesus as he brings what's happening around him and brings us to a deeper and closer moment with you. Lord, I lift Pleasant Street before you. I thank you for what they've done in the last 125 years. I thank you for their story. Thank you for their legacy. Thank you for each one and everybody who's part of this community now. And I pray your blessing upon them, that they would know you deeper, that they would know you wider, they would confess you as Lord and Savior in their time of deep personal prayer and deep personal living of life. Lord, help us to be heaven here on earth as you are heaven in our life. Let's thank you for Jesus in whose name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Bruce. As we um, take this word home with us, the goal is for us to know how this integrates into our own lives, as, as Bruce says, how, how God will take this and enfold it into our everyday life. And one of the ways that we get to do that is for our third through fifth graders in the ECHO program to go now and have a time to talk together about what they're hearing, what they're learning. Uh, and so do we have any of those students here this morning? No? Yeah? Yeah? People of God, what is our prayer? Almighty and loving God, thank you for the gift of your word. Help us to believe what we have heard. Learn it deep in our hearts and live in ways that honor you above all. Go in peace to love and serve Jesus. Worship is conversation. God speaks, and we have a chance to speak back. God gives us gifts, and we have a chance to respond in kind by giving gifts back. Normally, after we have received the gift of his word, we have a chance to respond by lifting up some of the things that God has given to us in terms of our money uh, for our offering. Because of COVID, we're not able to pass baskets, but there's still lots of ways that you can give, right? So we can, we're uh, taking offerings at the box in the front. You can drop your checks off uh, in the front of the church throughout the week or give online as well. Our ministries uh, this morning just want to highlight ministries of our church that funds the work of our congregation and also we're continuing to raise uh, funds and receive offerings for the 125th anniversary banquet which is coming up in October. Friends, let's, let's take a moment and give thanks to God for these gifts. Ready? Lord Jesus, thank you for speaking to us. Thank you for... Um, the tremendous and uh, mysterious honor that we participate uh, by giving back. We ask that you would take these offerings that we give to you and use them to make your name great. Amen. Friends, would you rise in body or in spirit and let's sing.
Let me share a blessing from Numbers. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Go into this.